Welcome to Women's Flow and Ritual. I'm Nicola Hepshalom, and my mission is for women to reclaim their hormonal health and feminine vitality. These podcasts will empower you to heal your menstrual and reproductive health in an easy and fun way. After working with hormonally imbalanced women, I've learned that getting healthy for only health's sake is not a long-term game for us to play. Getting healthy affects every part of our lives. When you're healthy and feeling well, you have the energy to move in the direction of your lives, in the direction of your dreams, and create the life you want to live. That's why I'm passionate about helping women like you to get your endocrine system working at its best, to be more excited about yourself and about life. That attracts greater opportunities, enjoy moments of creative expression, and connect more intimately with others. That's when you'll feel the fullness of your power, your life force energy, and fullest potential. These podcasts and working with me help you relate to your body in a new way and connect with your very best self. This is all of us women's journey, and it's time for a new conversation and a fresh start for an area of women's health that has long been silenced and kept mysterious and thus untouched. By untouched, I mean that the medical and psychology psychology community has recently started to study women. It was too complex for them, or too deep for them, actually. So we were treated under a male medical system model. So we're here now to take charge of our bodies, to understand ourselves, and enjoy our feminine body. So this podcast is a series series that was response to the needs of these women for a deeper understanding of what's going on with our hormones and mental health. It's my intention that these podcasts will put the tools you need to take back your health into your hands, to strengthen and balance multiple systems in your body by healing the root imbalances that are impacting you the most and have simple, impactful, and easily adaptable food and lifestyle changes that ease toxic multi-system overload and bring you into a system-free life with renewed energy. Our Western culture has a narrative that we can fix everything, including our bodies. In this podcast, I'm, I'm working with me in all my programs. I like to keep in mind that you can't fix hormone issues. The only way hormones can achieve balance is if your body does the job. Only if you're listening to your needs, safeguarding and nourishing your body with each meal and habit to optimize your endocrine function. Because your body knows how to take care of itself, we just have to give it what it needs. So the problem is few women know how their bodies function in order to make the informed decisions about treating their hormones. Today we will discuss the gut, brain, and emotions and how hormones are a key component of that. So you've heard this before, your gut is your second brain. There are five times as many neurons in the gut than the spine. That's huge because your spine is your life force. This fact blows my mind. So it's so amazing to me. So you can really see how sensitive and strong your gut is and the importance of your gut in connection to your brain. And this is referred to as the gut-brain access. So we have a vagus nerve, and this runs from the brain throughout the entire digestive system, and it's how the microbia from your gut communicates with your brain. This vagus nerve is part of your nervous system, so there's a direct effect between your gut, brain, and nervous system. Everything in the body is interrelated and affects one another. It's part of the parasympathetic, so the vagus nerve is part of the parasympathetic nervous system, and the parasympathetic the parasympathetic nervous system is 
operates when you're at rest. So that's when it's lit up, it's turned on, it's the rest and digest, and it's connected to your heart, lung, and digestive tract, and occurs when you're eating or when you're digesting also, and during sexual arousal or crying. So the vagus nerve communicates the microbia from your gut to your brain. That's huge. And uh, when there's a leaky gut, it's even easier for the microbia to communicate with the nervous system because there's leaks, there's openings, there's channels then. This can be an issue because the unfriendly bacteria can manipulate the system to make it easier for them to multiply and harder for your body to function the way it's meant to. The research shows the stress response can commonly have people experience constipation or diarrhea when under severe stress. And most people have experienced this. So, um, so this will impact the communication between your hormones and can change the flow of all your systems. So what is an essential contributor to this gut mood disorder? Serotonin. Serotonin is AKA happy pleasure hormone. It's a key chemical contributor to your feelings of well-being and happiness. It defends against depression and anxiety and also promotes feelings of relaxation, peace, hope, and optimism. 90% of your body's serotonin is produced in your digestive system and is believed that low serotonin is at the root of many people's depression and anxiety. A recent study uncovered that unhealthy microbia, and that's the gut connection I mentioned in the beginning, produces 60% less serotonin than healthy microbes. Healthy bacteria plays a role in serotonin production and our happiness. In the central nervous system, serotonin is responsible for mediating a wide range of feelings, including pleasure, connectedness, and even appetite and sleep. I have a love affair with serotonin because I love being in my pleasure and feeling content. So I think that this is where a woman's power is. Because when you're content and in your pleasure, you can feel yourself, you can hear yourself, meaning knowing your deep desires, and voice your authenticity. So serotonin is amazing. And I hope, I wish that it's like joins the conversation of the women's movement. So we have a much more embodied movement. So um, let's go deeper into this neurotransmitter serotonin. So studies have shown that most of PMS symptoms involves emotions, uh, most PMS symptoms that involves emotions, excuse me, are caused by neurotransmitter imbalance in the central nervous system. So remember, this is the vagus nerve communicates between the brain, heart, and gut. It's part of the nervous system. Because serotonin is important to mood, low levels of serotonin can be, can be directly linked to depression, irritability, and mood changes experienced by women with PMS. In addition, serotonin is important to the regulation of sleep. Low serotonin level may affect the onset and quality of your sleep, and low serotonin levels also means low melatonin levels. Melatonin is key for our sleep cycle, which has a direct impact with our hormonal imbalance. So, it results in, so the result is a significant disruption in the sleep-wake cycle. What is responsible for low serotonin level and activity in PMS? This is an important question because researchers believe that the changes in serotonin-eric pathway is responsible for most of the emotion types of PMS. We can see that changes in serotonin JIC pathway creates emotional changes for women with most emotion-based PMS. There's, this, there's been many studies done, and there's one study that researchers gave tryptophan 
to a woman with PMS and without the condition. Tryptophan is a unique amino acid, and it's unique because it converts to serotonin. So people, when you have an increase of tryptophan in the brain, then there's a raise in serotonin, and it can add just PMS symptoms, such as depression, anxiety, and sleep disturbances. <clears throat> serotonin, they did find that serotonin uh, was affected by giving people tryptophan, uh, and so and helped with these women's PMS symptoms. So it's really, uh, however, it's really, really important to take note that it shouldn't be the sole treatment for PMS. In addition, each person, this is very important, each person has a bio-individual factor that needs to be discussed with a trained professional without before thinking of taking anything, tryptophan or otherwise. Now, another factor of low serotonin's impact on hormonal health is caused by low levels of progesterone. So too little serotonin and progesterone leads to anxiety and depression. Serotonin produces increased amounts of a calming neurotransmitter, GABA. Additionally, progesterone, uh, well, a decrease in progesterone could decrease serotonin and GABA, which will create anxiety and panic. If progesterone does increase, then it boosts serotonin and GABA and it will create calmness for a person. Uh, so low levels of progesterone decrease the serotonin, which is key. Could be another factor for someone's uh, anxiety or moodiness. So certain foods can affect unbalancing and balancing out our biochemistry. When we eat foods high in sugar, insulin gets released too quickly to take it out of the bloodstream. Insulin removes all of the amino acids along with the sugar except for one, tryptophan, which we just mentioned this a few minutes ago. Tryptophan is the precursor for serotonin. It now can enter the brain without having to compete with other amino acids because when insulin gets released, insulin removes all the amino acids along with sugar except tryptophan. So tryptophan has direct access to the brain now without competing with other amino acids. So craving for sugar then leads to increased serotonin because the more sugar you have, the more tryptophan will go to the brain and create more serotonin. So our body is always trying to balance our, itself out biochemically. So you can understand why people crave sugar when they're serotonin, when they feel depressed. Or when you, uh, or were you having PMS or insatiable hunger? So there's an, there's a reason why you're going for those carbs and sugar during, uh, if you, serotonin is low during the PMS. So what can cause serotonin depletion? First, we have to look at the diet. One factor is high amounts of caffeine can lead to serotonin issues. Um, so it can lead to the neurons becoming desensitized to serotonin. And it also in, uh, decreases dopamine. And another factor could be protein contains amino acids so this is a precursor to the neurotransmitters that you need for emotional health. Therefore, if you aren't eating enough protein, there is not enough of these precursors to make the neurotransmitters. So what do we do? How do we increase serotonin? And what's the, the, the good stuff that you guys want to, to hear about is, for one, eat a good diet with ample amounts of nutrients and protein. Balance serotonin in the brain calms anxiety and helps ease depressed feelings. So serotonin is replenished in the brain during sleep. So it's important to get good, sound seven to eight hours of sleep a night. 
The sleeping area should be as dark and quiet as possible. This also helps with melatonin production. 90% of serotonin is developed not in the brain, but in the gut. For this reason, it is important to eat healthy and take measures to increase positive gut flora, including a daily high-quality probiotic and or fermented foods, and sugar should be avoided. <clears throat> so another factor is B-complex vitamin and exercise uh, and handling stress. Conquering the stresses, in turn, can help with serotonin levels. Stress is one of the worst things for our bodies, and exercise works uh, similar to insulin in that it takes all the amino acids out of the blood and shoves it into the muscles, except for one, tryptophan. So even so, when you wonder why you feel amazing after a workout, um, that could be a reason. <laughs> so uh, also sex and self-pleasure will do wonders in upping your serotonin, oxytocin, and other feel-good hormones, obviously with a person and environment that you feel safe and consented. So I like to conclude with a few seconds of discussing estrogen and PMS. Estrogen directly influences brain function through estrogen receptors located in numerous areas of the brain and positively correlates with blood levels of neurotransmitters such as serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine. Estrogen increases the concentration of these vital neurotransmitters by affecting their release and uptake. What happens for women is their levels of these happy neurotransmitters dip after ovulation as well because they're linked to because of the link of estrogen. Basically, when estrogen goes down, it takes down the happy chemicals with it, like serotonin and dopamine that we've been discussing. This can cause significant cognitive and mood disorders in some women, like feelings of depression, anxiety, low energy, which cause cravings for carbs to boost neurotransmitters levels and energy. We find carbs, sugar, and sugar boosts you quickly, but then there's a crash which ultimately leads to more cravings. These cyclical hormonal and neurotransmitter fluctuations help explain PMS cravings for many women. Eating more blood-stabilizing carbs along with high fat and protein will allow you to step off of the roller coaster. Also, due to the decreased amount of estrogen in your body, during the luteal phase, the that's the second half of your cycle, many women become more sensitive to drops in blood sugar. So you could skip meals uh, and tolerate it the first two weeks of your period. But the second half of your period, the last two weeks, you really have to be much more diligent for it to not happen because the amount of estrogen is not there with the, that specifically interacts with insulin. So you'll have more of these crashes. Okay, so remember, pleasure in your hormones like serotonin are key for emotional health. And the changes of your mood is mostly linked to food and lifestyle choices. It's not you. You're perfect and love the way you are. And I'm here to tell you that. And you have the power to take back control of your period and your hormones and your body and have fun. Till our next podcast, I'm here to answer questions about women's hormones and emotional health. So email me with any questions and we can hopefully answer them on this podcast. Thank you. And until next time.